Yes, Rover for Northeast Factory Direct. I've been telling you they have the lowest prices anywhere for years now. But now they're actually putting it in writing. They have a one-year best price guarantee. That's right. Alex, the owner, he must have gone crazy. If you buy a furniture or hot tub from Northeast Factory Direct and within one year you find it advertised for less, Alex will refund the difference. There's no gimmick to this. Just save a lot of money. West 140th in Cleveland, Lakeland Boulevard in Euclid, Freeway Drive in Macedonia, or shop online at northeastfactorydirect.com. is one of my least favorite phenomenon in media, in news media. The tell-all political book that everybody gets all excited about. Oh. And then they uh, leak out quotes. And then the day it comes out, people go crazy. Nobody ever reads these books, by the way. Nobody nobody reads these books. The uh, news talks about the two sexiest excerpts. Or the most damaging. Often ignoring things that would uh, go the other way. But, but just, just, I hate that whole phenomenon. Mm. And some relative of Trump's got a book out. John Bolton's got a book coming out. Whatever. Wake me when that's over. I just, I, the political tell-all book, eh. <laughs> My favorite part of the uh, Bolton book, and Britt Hume pointed this out, is that it is so hilarious now to see John Bolton worshipped as some sort of sage by the left, which has despised him. I mean, really despised him openly for decades. Well, it's like the Comey change. Remember when he was so hated by Democrats? Yeah. Because what he did to Hillary? Right. And they had a reason to hate him. Uh, but then it went the other direction. Yeah. And he's a hero at all. He walks oh. out on stages in New York City and people cheer. Purity and wisdom personified. Um, so this whole Karen phenomenon, speaking of phenomenon. So the latest is the California Karen. Did you did you follow this story? She called the cops on a Filipino man who was stenciling Black Lives Matter. And uh, she walked up and, uh, and said she was going to call the police. And he said, I own this building. Well, a video got out. Uh, of that, and she uh, got in huge trouble. And she owns her own company, but she's had to take that. Doctor, re- canceler, fire! She's had to take that website down and gone offline, and it's just been, you know, uh, really attacked in that way. Well, the- does everybody understand a Karen is a middle-aged white woman who complains about something? In this particular case, her name is Lisa Alexander. She's a CEO of a San Francisco-based skincare company, and she has apologized. Says she's deeply sorry for her racist actions when she told. Um, uh, this man that he was illegally writing in chalk on a retaining wall because it was private property. He said, yeah, it's private property. I own the property. Best to get on your knees and beg I, the mob for forgiveness. I guess the racism is she was making the assumption because he's Hispanic, he couldn't possibly own the property. I, I don't I, I don't know. I would, well, yes, 100% obviously, unless you think about it a little bit. When was the last time you saw a property owner spraying graffiti yeah, on his own property? I, I, w- I would never assume that it was the property owner, no matter what color they were. But anyway, what, right. I haven't been following this this You were going to say, Sean? Uh, in the video engagement, she was dropping some of the classic lines of, you know, why don't you go back to where you came from? Oh, no, okay, not a good look. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was much more good. about her, her, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. her playbook wow. of choice than intervening with what she thought was graffiti or and, whatever. But, uh, but how did the video get out? Because he posted it. He was filming the whole interaction. Before he realized what was going on. No, no, the, the guy doing the spray painting right. was videoing it. Yes. Okay, because yeah. her husband also videotaped Oh, it. good. And he, he has now lost his job. That's the update on this. Okay. Really? Yeah. For what? 
Um, be in there? Or did he shout Not somebody? intervening? Oh, for the love of all that is good and decent. With his own wife, I guess. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You intervene with it. <laughs> I got to go home with this mess. No offense, Lisa. <laughs> On Monday, fallout over the incident continued... As the Raymond James firm announced on Twitter that Robert Larkin has been fired. That's her husband. We have zero tolerance for racism and discrimination of any kind in inclusive workplaces. You know, the sort of stuff that a company would say. An investigation into the circumstances of a video alleging racism by one of our associates. We have concluded that the actions of he and his partner were inconsistent with our values. Does he speak on the video? I haven't watched the video, Sean. Does the husband say anything or is it all He must. I mean, if, if they're saying that. I mean, because if we're at a point in history where every guy is held responsible for his mouthy partner. <laughs> See the opening of the wrong Melissa? Missy? The wrong Missy. Oh. The new David Spade movie. <laughs> ah, okay. Where she starts uh, threatening some giant dude with David Oh, boy. My boyfriend's going to kick your ass. Oh, boy. One of those deals. Uh, but, yeah, you can't be responsible for it. Your mouthy spouse does. No, and it, it goes in both directions, too. Husband gets a couple in him, starts uh, saying S. It's okay to roll your eyes and think, hey, this is your boat, you row it. <laughs> Steve Jobs gets credit for uh, a lot of things with the iPhone, but this, you know, a certain amount of them are kind of accidental. Um, he, I, he didn't know what was going to happen with apps. I mean, that was, you know... It ended up being a platform. All these things you could do with apps are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I also don't. I don't think he knew it was going to end up being such a weapon that we all pull out. Instead of pulling out of a gun or a knife, if there's a little dust up, everybody pulls out their phone and starts the video. I got a phone here. Yeah. I think that's a good development. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, it is because it, it, it communicates to people you will be held responsible for what is about to happen. Yeah, and sometimes unjustly. And and well, I like it when both sides have their phones out because both sides think, oh, yeah, I want people to see this. Oh, no, I want people to see this. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they both think they got everybody on their side. So that, that's really good. Oh, boy. Yeah, these are such strange times. But we're, a, we're in a voluntary constant surveillance state. <laughs> Location, uh, everyone we talk to, and then every interaction we have. Uh, whip out your video. Yeah, yeah, but you would have no knowledge of what went on when what went on with an interaction like this if somebody didn't whip out their cell phone. You'd have no idea, right? You'd, you'd, you know, you'd have their stories, but you wouldn't have any idea what was true or what's not. Yeah, yep, I agree. I, I think it's mostly a good thing. But does everybody have to lose their job when they do something like that? No, no, not everybody. Uh, I get it though, <clears throat> and this is tough because. You know, I, the, the whole cancel culture thing is wildly out of control. It is the self-righteous mob howling for blood, and they have abandoned their morals, their sense of proportion, their own recognition of their own sins. It's just ugly. It's the ugliness of humanity on display. On the other hand, I'm a free will employer guy. I believe that, that uh, economic associations are at will. And so if I have two people to choose from, one who's got a, a skill set level of 83 and isn't an international uh, internet phenomenon as a racist, and one guy who is, 
I'm probably picking the guy or gal who isn't. But you're an internet phenomenon for whatever it is, whenever these when anything happens. You're an internet phenomenon for like an hour. <laughs> it it's goes, over. It goes right. away so fast. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And that's that's how we've given this advice to companies everywhere. Listen, just wait. Just wait. Don't say anything. If you say anything, say, we're really concerned and we are studying this because we take it seriously. And then, don't say anything. And there will be 11 internet phenomena between now and tomorrow lunch. I don't know this person at all. She seems uh, highly annoying in the little bit of video that I saw Mm -hmm. and uh, like the sort of person that I would like to stay away from because she would wear me out. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have a point at all. Her husband's now fired is the only point. Oh, boy. So the tearing down of statues is uh, become an epidemic. The tearing down and or taking down by the city fathers and mothers where you live. The only uh, one that really I'm keeping my eye on still is the Jefferson statue coming down in Portland. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson. And that's the one I want to talk about. Taken down because he was a slaveholder. Slave, uh, slavery, obviously, repugnant in all places and in, in, in all times. But I want to talk about Jefferson and his attitude towards slavery and how horrifically inappropriate it is to uh, cancel the Founding Fathers. Next. Armstrong and Getty. today of statues and memorials that have to go, which some people think it's fantastic that they put that out there. Some others think you're encouraging the pulling down of more statues, which is defacing uh, public property in many cases. Um, That was paid for with taxpayer money in many, many cases. It's long been predicted that the howling mob would eventually call for the tearing down of statues and tributes and monuments to the founding fathers, those in particular who, who held slaves. And in the Portlandia area, a statue of Thomas Jefferson was taken down outside of Thomas Jefferson High School. <clears throat> was it high school or middle school? can't remember. doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, it's funny. We're going to play a little later on probably Victor Davis Hanson talking about police tactics and reform and the slippery slope there. And this topic like that one, it's frustrating to me. It's probably frustrating to you that the whole... Jefferson owns slaves, so he's a bad guy, is not only just so lacking in truth, it's so much less interesting than the truth. And it teaches so much less than if you actually got into it. So we're going to get into it just for a, a couple of minutes here. So Thomas Jefferson wrote that all men are created equal, and yet he had lots of slaves. He consistently tried to end slavery, but profited from it. So let's dig into it a little bit. Throughout his entire life, Thomas Jefferson was a consistent opponent of slavery. He called it a moral depravity and a hideous blot on the soul of the nation. And I've read a lot of Jefferson stuff, and it is hard to figure out what's going on in a person's mind who thinks that yet has slaves. There's, there's, a, there's a pretty solid answer coming up. Okay. Um, he believed that slavery presented the greatest threat to the survival of the new American nation. He said, this will tear us apart. 
Jefferson also thought that slavery was contrary to the laws of nature, which decreed everyone had a right to personal liberty. You may be familiar with some of his writings on the topic. They're pretty famous. At the time of the Revolution, Jefferson was actively involved in legislation he hoped would end in slavery's abolition. 1778, he drafted a Virginia law that prohibited the importation of enslaved Africans. 1784, proposed an ordinance that would ban slavery in the Northwest Territories. But Jefferson always maintained the decision that would have to be part of the democratic process. If abolition were imposed without the consent of the people in the slaveholding areas, it would it would tear the country apart. And indeed, it, it did, more or less. Um, well, not more or less, it did. So, during his life, though, the slave population in Virginia skyrocketed from about 290,000 in 1790 to 470,000 in 1830. They abolished the slave trade with Africa, but they continued to have the slaves had kids and they were sold and all. It's a horrible abomination. Um, and then he, he thought he could do an end around and he discouraged the cultivation of crops that were dependent on slave labor and encouraged the introduction of crops that needed little or no slave labor. So he tried to find multiple ways to end what he thought was a terrible evil. Here's, here's what was going on in his head. Um, where's this from? Uh, actually, uh, Monticello.org, which is, uh, it's, it's the whole foundation built around Monticello is his home and his library and the rest of it. Um, then from the mid 1770s until his death, he advocated the plan of, of gradual emancipation, which is actually quite uh, thought provoking, but it's a little longish. Um, and, and I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure we have time for it. Maybe we'll come back to it, but. Uh, he was like a lot of people of the time. And listen, I, I'm a history teacher here. I'm not advocating this position. If you're particularly stupid and can't tell the difference, I want to make that clear. He, like a lot of the people of the time and the science of the time, believed that black people were racially inferior. Okay, so he believed that. <clears throat> that, that and, that quote, as sense. incapable as children, from one quote of a writing of the time. Okay. Coupled with slaves' presumed resentment of their former owners. Remember that the Haitian Revolution and, uh, had happened in, I can't remember, when was that? It was like around 1800 or something. And, and there was an aborted rebellion in Virginia in 1800. And Jefferson, a lot of people at the time, believed that if we just emancipate, emancipate the slaves, there will be horrific bloodshed all over the place. There will be uh, uprisings that will turn ugly. And he was one of those people who believed, all right, we need to turn these people loose because this is immoral, but we probably shouldn't be living side by side. We have to find them a place to go, whether back to Africa or Haiti or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I actually mentioned this quote a, a few days ago. He maintained that keeping slavery was like holding, quote, a wolf by the ear, and we can neither hold him nor safely let him go. So he was for a gradual, systematic emancipation and ending of slavery. And, and was quite open about it during his entire career. Now, by modern standards... Yeah, by modern standards, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around it. I just have to accept <clears> that it clearly was, because that's what happened. That's right. what people thought. Right. You, you know, it might help if you're a progressive type to understand. And it's it's wrong, and it's terrible, and it's... it's you know, you could laugh at it if it weren't so horrible, but the ignorance of the time, the science of the time was that this race is inferior to this race. And you would be called a science denier 
ironically, uh, climate change, etc., if you were to say, no, you know what, I think these black people, they're just not as educated. I think they have every bit as much candle power and capability as any white people anywhere. They're just enslaved. Uh, I think the races are equal. You would have been laughed out of a huge percentage of uh, towns in America at the time. So, if you put yourself in the time... I lasted for quite a while, too, because progressive icons like Teddy Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson still believed a lot of that. Oh, Woodrow Wilson was hardcore racialist. Yeah. And so, if you put yourself in the mind of the time, um, while the, uh, the holding of slaves is just awful by Jefferson or Washington or any of those guys... They both spent their careers saying, this has to end. Um, and, and to declare them as simply racist slaveholders and evil old white men is just so wrong, and it's so oversimplified. And again, it removes the opportunity to look at it in a serious way and understand, oh, okay, um, you know, there are a lot of people on all sides who believe some pretty stupid stuff back in the day. Washington died because they bled his feet. He would have been fine. He just had, you know, the flu or pneumonia or something. But they drained so much friggin' blood out of him, he died. That was the state of science at the time. You have to keep that stuff in mind. Even without all that that you just said, um... <laughs> You know, where is a country going if you start tearing down the statues of the founders and no longer believing the stuff that they wrote? Are you just trying to create a new country? Or There are some people, well, yeah, there are a lot of people who are just trying to grab power. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's the Mott and, uh, and, and Bailey style of arguing where you get extremism through because people are afraid to challenge your core, which is pretty righteous. Um, and then you get the people who get swept up in it, and again, political movements are like falling in love. You get all excited and, and dewy-eyed and the rest of it, and those people are your howling mob. You know, Lenin said, we have to impose communism on the masses because they're stupid to do it themselves. Um, and then you utilize those people to get your power for you. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think to be stupid is not play for two reasons. Uh, number one, if they don't play, they're going to be out of sight, out of mind for the rest of the year. There won't be no cameras falling. And, you know, our LeBron is probably the most famous athlete in the United States. He won't be visible anywhere. Uh, and, and so us out of sight, out of mind. Also, these guys got to realize this money going to come back, and they're going to lose billions of dollars that the players could use to go into their own communities and do some great stuff. So it's not good on any front. I have no idea what Kyrie and White are talking about, but it will be a catastrophic mistake not to play. Interesting. Charles Barkley's saying, uh, how about... The round mound of reasonableness. Because <laughs> a, a lot of players, especially the big stars who make a lot of money, they do... Uh, invest a lot in the communities they came from, Magic Johnson being the greatest example probably anywhere of that. Mm-hmm. And, LeBron's uh, doing a lot with Cleveland, too. Yeah. He's right. And uh, Charles saying that, you know, you can do that. Make your money. Spend it 
Yeah, you know, I, I think his second point is is stronger than the first. I think in his era, it's true. When you were when you were a NBA superstar, when the season wasn't on, you didn't really have much of a platform. But you know, LeBron's got millions of Instagram followers, right? They they are yeah. their own platform yeah. these days. I don't feel like he's any less famous no. in the no. fall than he is the rest of the year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's at, some gr- at the same time, you know, if he and Chuck and Kyrie and all those guys could get together and discuss their differences. I'm sure they could come up with some sort of plan. Some good economic news. May retail sales, biggest one-month increase of all time, after the biggest drops of all time. The expectations were, Jack, and why they bother with these expectations, I can't imagine. They're hardly ever right. My Um, expectation, honey, is that I'll get a lot of housework done tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) The expectation was 8.4%. It went up almost 18%. After having dropped 16.4% in April, retail sales excluding auto and gas, which I guess they do because those are sectors that kind of behave in their own way, is about 12.5%. But uh, some of the numbers are actually pretty interesting. Uh, Department stores up 37%. Furniture up 90%. Sporting goods up 88%. Furniture up 90%. I bought some golf balls. Judy and I might buy some furniture, too. Look at the June numbers. My expectation <laughs> is our new couch will raise those numbers. Was that people spending more time at home and thinking, man, this is an uncomfortable chair, or what? I'll bet. I'll, yeah, I'll bet. Constructing a home office or something. I've had the same main furniture for... Yeah, that too, Sean. Good call. I've had the same main furniture for 20 years, at least. Way to cheat the economy. Come on. I can't imagine. We all need to pitch in. I can't imagine ever needing to get a new couch. <laughs> Unless it just falls apart. Electronic stores surged 50.5%. Spending at clothing retailers skyrocketed almost 200%. Hmm. 188%. Yeah. Auto sales up 44%. Our kids needed some clothes. I mean, this has actually been long enough that they grew out of some of their clothes, especially shoes, while things were shut down. That's crazy. I desperately need new running shoes, which you say I shouldn't call running shoes because I don't run in them. <laughs> I say, look at what Nike calls them or or, or Brooks or whoever I buy. Mm. Uh, I think those you stores are open. Walkie, walking shoes because you sound 80. Yeah. They or, got Velcro on the top. They're cream colored. <laughs> gigantic sole for some reason. Right. Uh, that's nice padding for the older man. Uh, yeah, I really need some new athletic shoes. Uh, but I think those stores are open now. So I like I when do you that. call them gymnasium shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I need some new gym shoes. <laughs> well, I remember for a long time they were called tennis shoes. They yeah. had dawned on me. I, I don't play tennis. No, it's funny how tennis I used shoes. To, I, like I, it, I still call them tennis shoes, and it's funny yeah. how that caught on as a catch-all because n- n- practically nobody played tennis. I didn't know a single human being that played tennis when I was growing up as a kid, and we called them tennis shoes. Yeah, well, that was back in the day when you were either wearing dress shoes, or if you were on the uh, the lawn court, <laughs> you were wearing tennis shoes. Yeah. Grass court, I guess you'd call it. This from the Wall Street Journal, I'll keep... Try to play tennis on your lawn. <laughs> it's not easy. Not on my lawn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um... Whoever's serving would have the great advantage, because the ball is not going to... If it bounces at all, it's not going in a direction you can predict. Exactly. Right. Uh, And you're going to step in dog poop on the way to your next shot. Oh, boy. Wow. Your court maintenance really needs a little stepping up. It really does.
is a sickener. Uh, this from the Wall Street Journal. The data are in. That's their headline. I would say the data is in because that's the way I talk. No, but. no. The datum is in. Okay. The data are in. The data are in. It's time for a major reopening. And it's a couple of smarty pants, uh, economist and uh, researcher from some of your top schools writing in the Wall Street (laughs) Journal. And I'll just hit you with just a little bit of this. In what might turn out to be the best paper on the economics of COVID-19, a team of economists from the University of California, Berkeley, carefully evaluated empirical data on social distancing, shelter-in-place orders, and lives saved. To measure the impact of social distancing, they gathered data from cell phones, travel patterns, foot traffic, non-essential businesses, uh, personal interactions, all this stuff. Their findings are this. Social distancing measures reduced person-to-person contact by about 50%, while harsher shelter-in-place rules reduced contact by only an additional 5%. Hmm. Then going into the mortality and blah, 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 this and that. What they've determined is it's just a marginal benefit, uh, not even close to justifying the economic damage done, uh, the benefit of the uh, the harsh shelter in place, the closing the businesses, the not leaving your home, all that sort of stuff. Right. We could have done, you know, and I, I, I give a pass because we didn't know this at the time, but we do. their point is we know it now. So any place that is still not opening, there are businesses that are still closed. Lots of businesses are yeah. still closed. I yep. go buy them all the time. Their point is that is not necessary. I agree completely. The wear a mask, the only so many people in the store, the stand six feet apart, all that sort of stuff, the wiping everything down, that accomplishes practically everything you can accomplish. And that last little bit of good you can get from being closed is not worth it, which is not surprising, but they've got the numbers to back that up. I agree that if you're going to be fair, you can't hammer people for getting stuff wrong with a a brand new virus that's weird and, and nasty and the rest of it. The thing that bothers me, and it's bothered us for a long time, we've been talking about it, is the worshipful, complete control handed over to your county and state health director people. And as we've said a thousand times, they have one concern, one responsibility, and that's as few cases, as few deaths from the, the Chinese bat fever as possible. They are, And Dr. Fauci would talk about this. He said, look, I don't think about the economic uh, damage being done. That's not my job. I'm in charge of stopping the spread of the virus. He said the president has other advisors who weigh in on this. The problem, though, is that at state and county levels, dictatorial, godlike power was granted to the county health or the state health people. And that was just, it was unbalanced. I mean, if your entire career is based on how many rats are in an apartment building. And if you burn the apartment building down and kill all the rats, you will be praised as having gotten rid of all the rats. Never mind the the death and destruction and the rest of it. You're going to burn down the apartment building. And we just, we needed voices other than the rat catcher. Um, And the Wall Street Journal kind of ends with this. That's uh, an estimate of the dollars and cents and everything that they can actually uh, quantify easily. That's an understatement of the costs when you consider increased suicides and other social losses not captured in things like gross domestic product. For example, parents of young children have widely, widely noted their kids' gloomy outlook currently. And that I know that's true. Right. With my kids and their friends interacting. Right. And, and what effects that will have down the road, we can only make wild guesses at. Sure. And we've mentioned many times. Did you mention the, on, uh, you know, the lack of cancer screenings and I stuff like not. that? I did not. Well, that's big, and we won't reap that awful fruit for, you know, quite a while, depending on who you are.
Reaping awful fruit. Yeah, don't. Ugh. Ugh. Um, Why does we got uh, Chipotle the other night takeout? Man, do they have a good system for the takeout. You order online, and they put it on a table way over here, uh, the, the side from everything else, like people coming in to order. It is the most efficient of any restaurant I've been to for as far as walking in, not touching anything, grabbing your bag and going. No breathing. Hmm. It's really, really good. But anyway... Why didn't God invent something as delicious as guacamole and have it turn the color of dead flesh if it's out for more than, like, 15 minutes? That is the worst color on earth. Oh, I know. It's repugnant. Guacamole that has been exposed to air for 10 minutes. And have you ever... Oh, you can hardly look at it without vomiting. Even in the fridge, you know, like the next day, if it's not completely sealed, it'll look like... Have you ever actually eaten it? I have, and I'm about to gag thinking about it. It tasted perfectly fine. It was perfect. But the look of it is yeah. making me want to throw up right now, which is absolutely a deep-down anthropological slash right. genetic response. So usually response. We, we, uh, we ran over a dead animal or something like that while we were on vacation. So the kids and I stopping in the middle of the desert to uh, relieve ourselves, and we walk out behind the car, and we're all like, oh, my God, the smell of a dead animal. Somehow got on my vehicle, Ooh. and so we all go back in the car. And you probably we, had a raccoon up in your uh, undercarriage. But I was explaining to my kids. I said, "There's a reason for that. You know that that smells so bad, so that we and other animals won't try to eat it because it would kill us. I mean, it's got right. diseases and stuff like that. It's you know, it's a nature signal that this is something to stay away from. What's going on with guacamole? Why is nature signaling signaling me something that tastes perfectly fine? The poor avocado. Oh, that's a gross look. And so I mixed it up, thought, no, it's still good. I told the kids, it still tastes exactly the same. Look, I just, but I could hardly eat it because right. of the color. Because you kept picturing the color. Because it looks like dead skin. <laughs> it was like that Victorian attitudes toward women. If you were 22 and unmarried, you were an old maid. You're used up, dried up. It's like you peeled a <laughs> cadaver and made a dip oh, out of it. Oh, oh, Jiminy. Don't say things like that. Mm, cadaver dip. That's, <laughs> I, I disavow. I disavow. This is terrible. <laughs> One of the biggest uh, university systems in the world in a particularly wacky state. I'll give you a hint. It's California. Oh, that wasn't a hint. That was, oh, dang it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think you understand hints. <laughs> the uh, University of California regents have unanimously endorsed restoring affirmative action, even though there are laws against it. That and more to come. your stories every day. The bold and the beautiful returns to production with COVID-19 safety protocols in place, thank God. All right. The bold and beautiful is back to taping new episodes in which... I enjoy the beautiful, but the bold kind of annoy me. It's a good thing they're new episodes so that she can steal her husband and she gets a deadly disease and... And he comes back from the dead. Exactly. Because you wouldn't want to have to recycle the old stories. Probably a twin involved. Um, uh, we did mention earlier uh, two of the most dangerous borders in the world had violent dust-ups overnight. See, they built this special building there on the border of North Korea and South Korea so they could start talking to each other. After years of not speaking to each other, the leaders of South Korea and North Korea finally started talking to each other, and then yesterday the North Koreans blew it up. 
We ain't talking to you, you no mean more. They decided to end the relationship. No, they, they blew up the building. They actually blew up the building. <laughs> and then they're on the border where you couldn't uh, turn it into the uh, Pyongyang Target or rent it to your cousin Ed, or you, you had to blow it up. Make a make a, make a Dutch Brothers out of it. They're big on symbolism. There, big shows of uh, of commie enthusiasm. And then there's been tension on the India-China border for some time, and up in the Himalayas where they'd had a dust up a couple of weeks ago, but nobody got hurt. Well, there were some people beaten to death, some Indian soldiers beaten to death or with to death with rocks and sticks by Chinese soldiers. And China apparently took about twenty. Indian soldiers hostage, or they're holding them as whatever's going on there. Nobody's mm. quite sure yet, but that's not good. Wow. That's a couple of billion-plus people nations yeah, with big old militaries uh, and nuclear arms. Sure. Yikes! Wow, and a little fathead. That, that thing didn't go so well, as it turns out, but... Nobody, including uh, the President of the United States, thought it probably would. No, nah, it was worth a try. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, the other way didn't work either. Nothing so. else has worked. No. And and his, his nasty, spiteful little sister is asserting herself, I guess. No, that, that, hey, that can't be true, is it? I just saw the news. Chaz Bono is now not the president of Chaz. No, sir, that accurate. can't be. I can't be no, true. No, I do not think that's accurate. No. Uh, Chaz. Speaking of... <laughs> We were talking about soap operas before and recycled stories. Um, Here's another one for you. Uh, The University of California system, their board of regents, kind of a fancy name, uh, unanimously, unanimously endorsed restoring affirmative action. In 1996, Cal Unicornia passed Prop 209, a state initiative that banned preferential treatment, preferential treatment by government bodies, based on race, ethnicity, or sex. It's been blamed for a decline in diversity at UC's most elective campuses, Jack, according to the uh, San Diego Union-Tribune writer, who has roughly 27 quotes in favor of this decision, and one against it, and it is buried many, many paragraphs in. So it's more or less an editorial masquerading as, as news, but... The measure passed the state assembly last week, and if ratified by the Senate, will be on the November 3rd statewide ballot to repeal Prop 209. UC Board Chairman John A. Perez declared that a colorblind model for society denies the reality of racism. Uh, If we are going to be serious about creating a university that truly serves the public interest, we cannot be silent. We cannot be neutral. We must express ourselves in what we think is the best future for our university and our state. Meaning, take control of who gets in. Uh, back in the day, in 1995, when the vote was taken to uh, to end uh, affirmative action, uh, all but one of the 18 appointed regents were selected by Republican governors. The board's political makeup these days, three quarters chosen by Democrats. Okay. Let's see, there are a couple more quotes here. Uh, Well, these are all in favor. Ah, finally, here we go, Uh, roughly halfway through the article. Crystal Liu, president of the Silicon Valley Chinese Association Foundation, called the region's actions disturbing. This is a troubling trend where our public university in the state is taking backward steps in history to allow racial favoritism in college admissions. There's a lot of Asian people who are against affirmative action Mm -hmm. because so many Asian kids get in, uh, and you are almost certainly booting out an Asian person in favor of somebody else when you're 
doing affirmative action for the somebody else. Oh, you know, we never got to the other day. Which some people are fine with because you want the 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 number of people that get in and graduate to be exactly the same percentages as the representation in the population, I guess. Mm-hmm. That seems crazy to me. but Yeah. The uh, we we promised to get to this and we never did. I still have it, I believe, in my stack. But uh, of um, I have how never... racial activists explain Asian success, and it's it's pathetic. It it is it is one of the complications. And then lots of high schools across the country, you have uh, Indian or, or Asian kids that uh, are the valedictorian. Uh, fine. I don't ever think it was a ripoff or something. I think <laughs> white kids probably aren't studying as hard. Right. Generally, and, what's going on there. And or are doing other things in addition to studying, which I think is perfectly fine. It's a different culture. It's a different uh, set of beliefs about what makes a happy or successful life. Um, and, and that's fine. Those differences are, are fine. It, it's funny. Uh, those differences are always denied if they are kind of negative. Then you're not allowed to talk about them. Um but, uh, you know, uh, we live in touchy times, Jack. I don't know if you'd notice that. Do you follow the news? I, Do you uh, watch the news? I saw that, something about that in the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Careful what you post online, my friend. We have one minute, guys. To do what? Uh, so, one more minute to oh, continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, that's weird. <laughs> Michael counted us down to the end of the segment I, I, a minute but, early. Yeah, I did. My eyes are not as good as they used to be. And then, and then he says, eight is a nine. Could people hear that on the air, what you said to us? Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. just, so, yeah. So let's, yeah, one more minute. Let's spend the one more minute, minute of what? Let's spend the minute beating up on Michael. So, how do you think this mistake happened? You misread the clock? I misread the clock. Are you texting with your fiancé when you're supposed to be working? Are you? Making no, I, your TikToks? Yeah, do you think your faculties are slipping? Are you like Joe Biden-esque? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, middle-aged there. Cracker Cokers. Sign one, then. Cracker Coker. God, I remember this. Uh, I, I don't have time for this story. I'll have to tell the story of a horrible mistake somebody made when I was working at a feedlot years ago and getting the time wrong and how embarrassing it was for him. But I'll tell oh. that next hour. Armstrong and Getty. Hi, it's Bill Wills for Alex at Northeast Factory Direct. He is so confident his business model offers you the absolute lowest price. He's going to guarantee it. He buys in volume, and he can save you big. So he's going to give you the lowest price. And now he's backed it up with a one-year best price guarantee. No gimmick. There are some terms and conditions. So see more at northeastfactorydirect.com. Bottom line is it's going to be a great shopping experience on name-brand furniture at a lower price. Guaranteed now. Northeast Factory Direct, West 140th Street, Cleveland, Lakeland Boulevard, Euclid, Freeway Drive, Macedonia. Online more at northeastfactorydirect.com.